Time for the crime report is sponsored by the Suffolk County Crime Stoppers. 1-800-220-TIPS. All calls. Kept anonymous. Also, monetary reward of up to $5,000 issued for information that will lead to an arrest. Joe Jacklone, retired NYPD sergeant, former commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad. He's a current adjunct professor at John Jay College, and he's an author of the bestseller, The Criminal Investigative Function of Avenue Investigators, edition number three. The aforementioned Joseph Jacqueline, we say a good, very good morning to the Sarge. Sir, how are you? Good morning, Jay. How are you? I am doing well. Let's get right to it. Uh, Joe, no surprise here. I'm going to start down in Georgia there in the Brunswick area. Uh, and that's what Ahmad Aubrey was shot and killed, as we know, a couple of weeks ago. And we always thought kind of odd the... The man who trailed everything that occurred, you know, shot a little video on his cell phone and everything else, and now charges and in custody in jail is William Roddy Bryant, the individual who took that video there. And, you know, Joe, the, you know what's a shame with all of this? This was all occurring in, what, February? And if it weren't for that video coming out, would we have all the notoriety of this case? Darn shame but justice apparently ongoing here. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's not really a shock to us, right, because we even said that there's more of that story with uh, the guy who was filming it. So, yeah, it's it's interesting how this is all played out. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's absolutely uh, a shame about how this thing had to go down. But, uh, you know, uh, this is, like I said, I'll say this again. This is why we have the police. We don't want to take things into our own, our own hands. You, something happens, call the police, let them handle it, because this is what could happen when citizens, even though he's a retired cop, he's been retired for a long time, you, this is not what this, you're not supposed to do this, right? You're just supposed to call the police and let them handle it. And even if there were improprieties, and it seems that way, you know, as far as how Aubrey uh, positioned himself in years past, uh, he had some run-ins with the law. You know, obviously, uh, there is just no uh, no realm of excuse uh, for what happened, you know, three months ago, Joe. I mean, that's the bottom line. Whatever check it passed, Aubrey had. I mean, my goodness, ambushed the way he was, uh, being uh, videoed as, as well. You know, I mean, it was unbelievable. No excuse at all for these people. No, no and if you remember, I said, you know, talk about being at the right place at the right time, right? The guy filming this thing. So, you know, this is... This is, um, you know, a house of cards has come down on them. But, you know, even if he was committing burglaries or he was going in and out of these properties, it's not a, a call for citizens to arm themselves and chase people down and, 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 and shoot them. So it's just, this is, uh, it's, a, it's a good lesson for anybody else out there who is thinking about this is a good idea. No doubt about it. Joe Jacklin, the crime report, it is. Joe, let's. Let's move to a big bust, drug trafficking ring, money laundering as well. Overdoses, several of them attributed to all of this. Fifteen people now in custody. Why? They sold heroin, fentanyl, crack cocaine. They price gouged as well all during this pandemic. Uh, but a good job, again, by, um, by Suffolk County Police, the DA, and all else involved here in this, uh, in this ring and these alleged dealers. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's been a while since we've uh, we've had a big seizure like this, uh, which is which is a good thing because it looks like uh, that they are having their the law enforcement is actually putting a dent in some of these things. But then now we have a, another huge ring that popped up. I mean, it's like a whack-a-mole kind of thing. But yeah, no, the the, the police and the feds that are out there doing this stuff is great. I mean, we haven't spoken about the opioid epidemic in a long time, that doesn't mean that it's just gone, right? People, it just kind of faded off the uh, the radar screen, but there's still a, a real threat out there to people. And, um, you know, especially in times like this where people are trying times for a lot of people, we, we just hope that uh, there isn't another outbreak of this because people are, are uh, depressed and, and sad and everything else that goes along with it. No doubt. Uh, and you're right. You know, sometimes with all that's happening here, uh, these and we haven't had one of these in a while. So, you know, it's a great job by enforcement. You know, still, it's, and it's not like, you know, the, the, the drug problem has been eradicated because of COVID. You know, it's still out there. You still got a, whole, a lot of guys, you know, still trying to take advantage of situations in and around. So a uh, tremendous job there. Also, uh, how about this Chinese national, Joe, living in the city, apparently, uh, facing several charges now, federal charges, as he tried to scheme his way of $20 million in government loans, all aimed at helping small businesses uh, that are struggling all during this coronavirus pandemic. 36-year-old Muj Ma, his name, and uh, another great job there of, of a Ponzi here and, and a tough time right now. Yes, and you know, I hope they keep on investigating these guys because he's not the only one out there trying to take advantage of people who are in a bad position. So, you know, this is, you can't imagine why people would do this to other people, especially during a time like this where money's tight for a lot of people. A lot of people are out of work and, uh, and, and you know, been furloughed, laid off, fired, whatever you want to call it. And, and then you have uh, something like this happen to you too. I mean, this is, this could really set somebody off the rails. So, uh, you know, you just you just wish that people would just uh, behave even in a, in a time like this. But nope, it creates opportunities, and opportunities are out there with criminals to look for. Without a doubt, Joe Jacklow and the crime report. This is a crazy story in Amityville. Father dead. Uh, Joe allegedly stabbed by his son, who was during a Zoom conference call. Twenty people on that call, by the way, and uh, you know they noticed something odd. I guess where you had this participant uh, appeared to fall no longer visible on camera. Police say others on the call then saw the man's son trying to cover up something with a sheet. Can you imagine this? This is all going on with a Zoom call. And, and that's when a lot of these participants contacted police. Great job there. Uh, and that's where this uh, 32-year-old was arrested. He slammed the door on police when they arrived. He jumped out a window, and now he's charged with the second-degree murder of his father. Very strange at Amityville, huh? Well, yeah, and uh, great job by the people actually in the Zoom meeting. Once they had to figure out who it actually was, they looked up the address and the and the victim's name, and then they uh, they called the police. So that's how that whole thing went down. So, yeah, you know, I mean, the guy was naked and he stands or whatever. So I'm assuming that there is some sort of uh, well, I mean, not assume, but you know, there's some sort of mental health issue going on in that house. And I think we'll learn about more uh, about the. Uh, the suspect in this thing and the situation behind it but you know you always you have to be out of your mind to do something like this anyway but when it's your parent and you're you know in there and all these other things that are happening you kind of just you know uh you figure out you know just go to the speculate to the next step you know about what what actually transpired there no doubt crazy stuff happening over there 
no surprise with these numbers, Joe, with this uh, dramatic rise in domestic violence all across the state. The governor has now joined with the uh, New York State Council on Women and Girls yesterday, and they'll have a new task force to study the disturbing trend. Uh, maybe if the governor loosens his strings a little bit on opening it up, uh, we won't be locked in uh, all together, and we can kind of go about a, our business in a very safe way, I might add. But uh, domestic violence on the rise, and uh, and that's due to this pandemic. Well, I mean, if you can only see my shocked face, Jay, right? I mean, they they locked people into homes with uh, with their abusers. They have they make arrests and they release them right away. Where do they go? Right back home. Yeah, I could save the state a lot of money since we, since New York's broke anyway. And just knock it off with the with the stuff that they're actually doing, like letting people out of jail early, no uh, no bail, no nothing like that, and you know release some of these restrictions already. Especially when we're finding out that most of the deaths, unfortunately, are occurring in uh, long term care facilities. And you know it's he said, "I don't know how much money they're going to spend on this, but he's been begging the government for money as a bailout. Maybe they should just think twice about that and just think about some common sense things." Well, yeah, I mean, $61 billion, uh, listen, never happened. Uh, but uh, there's no surprise in those numbers. Uh, Joe, I'm going to jump around. How about in Arizona last now uh, yesterday? Uh, we had the apparent 20-year-old suspect uh, in custody shooting that took place. I think it was Wednesday night it was. It was uh, an outdoor mall. Uh, he described himself to police as an, as an in-cell. I never heard that term, but apparently it stands for... Uh, some sort of an involuntary celibate, I believe. Uh, he wanted to shoot at least 10 people. So this Armando Hernandez Jr., he's accused now of carrying out the shooting outside of Phoenix. Three people injured in this, one critically. I'll tell you, uh, this guy was a nut job, and it could have been a heck of a lot worse. No, and they actually, you know, they went into the Glendale police, actually went into the shelter in place kind of thing. They made the, everybody know. And this is the thing that uh, I get uh, asked a lot when they say, well, is the public at risk? If the police come out and say to you, lock your doors into your house and this and that, then yes. But if there is no mention of that, you know, in, in another case where somebody has been brutally murdered inside of a house, or whatever, then they kind of know it's like a, a victim. That the, excuse me, the perpetrator know, and knows the victim. So that's generally give you the clue. But when they come out with that, when I heard about this, it's a lockdown order. And it's, well, you don't have to worry about locking down schools, right? They already uh, and it, it, taken care of that months ago. But, you know, this is exactly what uh, would have transpired. Uh, and this thing could have been a lot worse, and we're glad that it that it, uh, it ended the way it did. But, uh, yeah, no, this is, this is another long situation about where uh, and what this guy is up to and his Internet records and, and the manifestos that he probably planted online and everything, you know, I, I just say you kind of, it, this is, it was the spate of incidents yesterday that, that is starting to make me nervous and respect that people have just been cooped up too long and, and it's showing. Yeah, they've had it. And, uh, you know, it's certainly evident in Phoenix, Arizona on uh, Wednesday night, tough one there. Uh, let's move over to the uh, uh, to the guy who was uh, part of that Colombo family from way back, and a judge rejecting the request uh, by this uh, reputed former head of the Colombo organized crime family to be released from prison to home confinement. Why? Because of the threat of the coronavirus. So he's 67. Thomas Gioli of Farmingdale. Uh, Joey was known as Tommy Shots. Had argued uh, during a telephonic conference his age and ill health especially endangered his 
vulnerability of the virus there. So a judge standing uh, standing firm here and denying that request, Joe. Yeah, no, I mean, at this point there, you know, I guess if you're in prison for anything, you might as well make the request and see what happens. I mean, there's been very uh, lenient judges lately. There's been a lot of criminal justice, quote-unquote, reform. Uh, why not throw your hat in the ring and see what happens? I don't blame the guy for trying to get out, but, uh, you know, it, it's it, – listen, he's – people are like, oh, I'm glad he's in. Okay, that's great, but how many other people have they let out? And they should be publishing the list of the people who they've let out and what they what crimes they're responsible for and what they and what what transpired because this is going to be uh, a, a bad thing. It's 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 not going to help out. It's going to just create more crime in the neighborhoods. I know people say, "Oh, you're fear mongering." No, this is common sense. You're going out. There are no jobs right now for everybody else. They're stuck at home. They're, they're, what do you think they're going to do? That's what it is. And, what do you uh, think and, they're going to do? I mean, people think they they going to oh, just sit tight and watch Netflix all day and and, uh, and be a good citizen. Come on. Yeah, no, gets a little crazy without question. Uh, let's uh, let's go to that guy out of Patchog. Uh, hate crime charge, Joe. You read this one? He assaulted a guy while making derogatory comments about undocumented immigrants early this week in the village. So the arrest, 58-year-old Victor Scala, his name, they arrested him at his home Wednesday, and now he is charged with third-degree assault as a hate crime. He beat up a 35-year-old Hispanic man, multiple contusions to the face and chest uh, during this attack. Happened Sunday afternoon, uh, by the way, right in front of a patch oak business on Carmen Street there, Joe. Tough one. Yeah, now it's something that you never want to hear, uh, you know, but each each case that you get that's added to this you get seven years onto your sentence if convicted so that's that's the deterrent there but apparently it's not a deterrent enough for this guy and this is the kind of thing that that nobody wants to see especially here on long island and nobody wants to you know i i, I mean just leave every if everyone just left everybody alone uh, things would just go fall into place kind of quietly but there are people out there who just can't help themselves really that's what it is and uh listen things come out during uh, times of crisis, as we're all in right now, and hate crimes. Uh, and especially, you listen, Patchogue is not immune to that, right? A huge case years ago really set a precedent and a template, and uh, thus uh, another one in that uh, village there. So that was a tough situation. Let's, uh, let's head over to the uh, situation again. A woman from Patchogue and a boyfriend. Uh, this story, i tell you. Uh, Charged with abandoning a six-year-old girl in Queens. Can you imagine this? This 29-year-old and 28-year-old boyfriend charged. They forced this girl, little girl, out of a car. Six years old, folks. Six years old out of a car with her belongings. And thank goodness uh, there was an eyewitness there after this car had left. Left this girl terrified, ran on the street there. And uh, reportedly, not far from the child's biological father. So the girl was taken to some safety agents in a nearby park, notified police, and uh, thank goodness uh, that child is in the custody safely of Child Protective Services. I tell you, uh, this was a tough story, crazy story. And uh, these uh, these two, uh, four years in prison, I hope they serve every day of those four years. 
Yeah, it might not be enough. I mean, uh, usually when you have cases like this, the first thing that the police do is they bring the child to the hospital to you know, have a complete medical exam to make sure that they have not been abused or malnutrition and everything else that goes along with it. So there could be additional charges down the road once all those reports and, and, and tests come back, Jay. So let's just hope that uh, for this young young child that it's, uh, that it's for the better. But, um, yeah, this is the kind of thing that you just, you just kind of just shake your head and just wonder what's what's going on with people anymore. Without without question, it makes you lose um, it makes you lose faith in, in in humanity even when you don't have much of it. Six year old girl, come on! I mean, you know, we we sometimes we hear horrific stories where dogs are abandoned, right? They're thrown out of cars. How many how many times have we seen that stuff? And now you got a six year old girl. Wow, tough to take, really is. Uh, let's head over to. Uh, the situ- oh, by the way, you know that health commissioner we spoke about it last week, Oxier, Oxiris Barbeau, uh, and apologized uh, to the New York Police Department. Uh, and the reason why is, remember, she had a conversation with the chief of the department, Terry Monahan. We spoke about this last week of the crime report in which Monahan needed masks, uh, wanted to make sure his, uh, his force was well-equipped, and this health commissioner of the city... Oxerus Barbeau said, you know what? I don't give a rat's behind about your police department. Can you imagine this? And oh, I, uh, in, es- in essence, she <laughs> issued a, an apology there for uh, Barbeau. Yeah, uh, yeah, not good enough. I mean, this is just uh, the kind of behavior that we've seen a lot from the Blasio appointees and just, uh, you know, it's a head scratcher. And could you imagine if this was the police chief that said this to somebody else in another high-ranking place, I'm sure they would have been uh, asked to retire by now. Um, it's a double standard that we see all the time in New York City with the way how the police are treated and how this administration hires people and handles them after, uh, you know, they do and say some of these things. It's just, it's outrageous. And quite frankly, um, I'm tired of it. I just don't want, you know, it, it, the police department is the only one that you can actually the only job that you can actually discriminate against in every situation and nothing happens to you. And it's just, a, it's absolutely, it's, it's, it's absolutely outrageous when you, when you hear about the, this isn't the only thing that, that, what do you call it, that goes on, especially in New York city. Yeah. Any thoughts you bring him up, uh, any thoughts on mayor, the blah, blah, and his uh, wonderful action of closing the New York city beaches, Joe, for the upcoming weekend here. Yeah, no, I mean, enough of this social distancing uh, enforcement stuff. I did an article with uh, the Asbury Park Press and saying, again, because they're doing the same thing over there, the police should not be enforced with dealing with these executive orders. You know, it, these governors, they can't make laws. They can't do any of these things. Uh, it, it's going to, they're going to they're gonna end up themselves in court fighting these things down the road, and I think you're going to see a lot of it thrown out, if not all of it thrown out, and, and it's... Some of the governors have already been told that their orders are already uh, unconstitutional. So I don't know what makes uh, them think they're going to be able to enforce these things. So it's going to it's going to get ugly down the road for sure. And who's going to cost the taxpayers more money to deal with these frivolous lawsuits and, and to deal with all these court cases that are going to come out of this? You're right. And it's going to cause more harm than good, I'll tell you. And you're right. In harm's way is the police. No question, right. because what happens when you close Coney Island and the and the Rockaways? Guess what? You're going to try and head east. You know, you'll try and uh, and get some uh, some sort of uh, reference as far as the, the county living is concerned, Nassau or Suffolk. 
and all of a sudden you get an influx of the beaches uh, here. Fifty uh, percent capacity, no more than remember this weekend. So you're going to have a mess on your hands. And, uh, you know, again, it's about loosening it up a little bit, having a little faith in the public. You know, have we not learned the right? And I said it earlier, the post, I thought the post headline was great. Uh, it has to end now. This whole this whole nonsense, right? It, it, there has to be a little flexibility in loosening it up. My goodness. You know, how much, well, how much I mean, longer? You... This has been de Blasio's MO all the time, you know, just pushing people out to learn how to listen. When you when there's no school, there's no work, there are no playgrounds open, no beaches, and you have all these kids and all these things going on. And there's a reason why shootings were up 200% last week, okay? Because people don't have things, you know, kids who are already in trouble or already on the cusp of being in trouble really have nothing to do. And now these things are already transpiring. Now you're telling them that you can't go to the beach and, you know, have some fun in this and that. I mean, what are they thinking darn what is going on i don't understand it now yeah joe one more for you're inviting you know, a problem now you are no Sorry. question last one the Lori lachlan uh uh deal <laughs> in which uh, they're gonna plead guilty the college scandal she gets a very tough uh 60 day sentence my goodness uh you know lots of community service uh paying a fine the husband uh gets a five-month deal quarter of a million dollar fine uh, uh, you know, I was kind of back and forth and I'm, I'm weighing, is it enough? I don't know. I mean, her life is ruined, right? I mean, she's not going to be on the Hallmark channel anymore as far as Christmas specials, I wouldn't think. But, uh, in essence, what was your take on, uh, on the, on the guilty, uh, deal in which they'll, uh, they're waiting for a sign off for the judge on this one between Rory Lachlan and her husband here? Well, I think their lawyer was worth every penny that they paid for them because, I mean, he put this thing out for so long and you end up in a situation where we're in now and then, and, uh, you know, you got lucky. Uh, it could have been a lot worse for them. I mean, I think there are more, uh, you know, family issues that are going to be, you know, th- this could definitely cause a breakdown of the family and all the other things that go along with it. So I think they have bigger problems than that. But uh, it's actually good to see somebody who is, uh, you know, has a lot of money and powerful and does something like this, that they actually go to jail. And this is what I think a lot of people have been complaining about for decades is that there's been unequal justice in certain things. Uh, you know, this is white collar crime and they, um, you know, they got caught and that's it, but you know what? They're not the only ones. I think there's a lot of Hollywood stars out there a little shaking in their pants right now because you don't know if anybody's talking. Hopefully she gets more than the 11 days Felicity Huffman got, Joe. You know, hopefully a little longer than that, all right? Hopefully, you know, she'll get her fingernails dirty a little bit here. That's all I can say on that one. Yeah, we'll see. yeah I don't know. I doubt it, <laughs> I, you know, in this whole thing where they're letting, they're letting out robbers and yeah. murderers and cop killers out. You know, I can't imagine putting somebody in jail for, you know, paying somebody to get their kid and do a better college. I mean, come yeah. on. I don't know. Listen, you have a great weekend, all right? You stay well. We'll talk to you next week. You too. Take care. All right. Joe Jacklin, the crime report.